Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 82, Art of Manliness. This is the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast, home of the Seven Days of Sex Challenge. Featuring your hosts, the authors of the groundbreaking new book, Stripped Down, Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. Welcome back to the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And the one and only Tony DiLorenzo. Thank God for that. <laughs> I don't know that I could deal with two of you. I thought I'd give. I, I thought I'd throw that in after the way we started this show, prior to getting on air. Oh, we had a little difficulty getting started. I didn't have any difficulty. You were having difficulties. Way to, way to step up and assume zero responsibility for that, dude. You're the you're the one fiddling with all the dials, and it's all my fault. That yeah. Yep. No. It's been a wacky Step week. <laughs> it's been a wacky week. Wacky. What's gone on this week? It just seems like we're out of sync and and just not melding just with the kids in school or kids out of school and at home all day long, which sort of messes with mine and Elisa's uh, day-to-day interaction, especially when it comes to just our physical and sexual intimacy. We tend to enjoy taking those moments in the morning or during the day when the kids are at school, and obviously that isn't happening. So that sort of comes in to play. It does. And then this this week was your period, so mm-hmm. that just threw everything else into whack, out of whack. So no loving for you. There wasn't. It didn't feel like there was much love this week. I felt really out of just out in left field. Yeah, but I surprised you this morning. Yeah. Oh, totally did. Even on your day when you're not supposed to take the lead. I know. I was very impressed by that. Because it's, yeah, I mean, it it really has been, I mean, you guys know that you just have those weeks where things feel off. And I think, you know, for Tony and I, after, you know, being so focused on intimacy for the last, gosh, 2008, three years now, Mm -hmm. um, we are very in tune to it when things aren't quite right. And, you know, I have to say, I mean, the one thing, that that awareness brings to us is that call to action instead of letting things continue in that vein we start taking those proactive steps to change that path because it's really easy and many of you that listen to us know this when you start to have that distance come into your marriage whether it's you're just not being physically intimate with each other you're not having the conversations or you know, whatever it is, you start to drift mm-hmm. away from each other. It's very easy to continue on that path. It's kind of like, you know, what is that? An object in motion stays in motion. Right. That happens whether you're drifting apart in your marriage or you're coming together. And so, you know, it's so critical that when you notice you're starting to drift, that one or both of you says, hey, you know what? Hold on here. And, 
it's true. Whenever I've got my period, it, 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 just the physical intimacy for us just kind of, you know, there's just a few days where it just doesn't happen. And then this week, um, you know, I am going to say, because a girlfriend brought it up to me today, there was a full moon this past week. And I do know the combination of kids being home from school, full moon, and me having my period is a deadly combination <laughs> and really leaves nothing for Tony because the kids and I were at it just about every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in one thing or another or them, I mean, I have commiserated with a few moms this past week who are like, you know, are your kids just like poking at each other just for the sake of poking at each other and pushing each other's buttons? And, and they are. And so you throw in trying to maintain intimacy with your with your spouse and it gets to be challenging. I mean, Tony had put up um, on the Friday question, you know, how are things, I forget exactly how you worded it, but basically, you know, how are things going for the summer? You know, are you able to maintain that intimacy? Um, you know, And we know we're not alone. My girlfriend and I were talking today and she's like, you know, we're just realizing that we need to put, make a, this a bigger priority during the summer when the kids are out of school because, you know, when you, those of you that homeschool, it's a different scenario. But for those of us that send our children to school, there there's that time during the day when we're used to not having them in the home and then they are home. And while it's fun to go and do stuff with them, there is that output of energy mm-hmm. that goes to the children. And, and when you only have so much energy, if it's going to the children all day long, it, it's going to pull back from somewhere else. Yeah. And, and and lately um I've been at home a little bit more, just doing a lot more work at home and so there's a whole another dynamic that's happening and we're trying to work through that and how does that how does that work? So um it just changes that are happening and we're working through them just like each and every one of you out there are doing when change happens in your life. It's growing pains. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you go through seasons in your marriage where things are kind of, you know, rolling along, kind of on the straight and narrow and, you know, everything's moving. And then, you know, life starts to change, whether it's job opportunities or, you know, you enter a new phase of life for us, you know, the kids are getting older. And so that changes how the dynamic, how part. the dynamic is and what, what their needs are from us and what our needs are of each other in terms of ha- parenting. And, you go through these little periods, mm-hmm. these blips on the radar screen where you're like, okay, things are not quite as smooth as we would like. It's not bad. They're just not as smooth as they have been. Mm-hmm. And Elise has been a little upset with me the last couple of weeks. I have? Yeah. For what? Because you, you're not attending your 20th reunion, high school reunion. <laughs> because mine is on the same day. Okay. Okay. That, that, which is next Saturday. So, and, it's, and it's 45 minutes away instead of us flying to Ohio. That's true. Yeah. That's I'm true. I'm just saying, you've just been a little... I would, I would I, have I, liked I would to say, have gone... I would say you have taken a couple jabs here and there. That's true. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, th- there's, there's no uh, dancing around that. I would like to be going to my reunion, but it doesn't make sense financially for us to be flying back to Ohio, especially as I told everybody on Facebook, since you were the student body president 
and I just happened to marry into, you know, no. high school royalty. So no, I need not, to be not present because this is actually the first reunion I think your class has had. No. Oh, no? No, 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 no. We've had, uh, we had the tenure, but I was on the Pacific Crest Trail that year, remember? Oh, yes, because I actually did go to my tenure. <laughs> right, see? So we're just going to my 20 year. Okay. And, and I'm just involved in it this year. I, I had nothing, nor did I want to do anything with my Wait. tenure. Didn't you hike the PCT in 2000? Mm, yeah. Oh, so it was the following year. I guess 2001. I just, yeah, I oh, guess okay. I just didn't want to go. <laughs> All right. I was like, hold on a second. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and for me too, it's just seeing everybody, you know, post stuff up on Facebook and, you know, wanting to travel down that memory lane um, mm-hmm. because those are the people I went to high school with. So, you know, I'm excited to meet all of your friends. It's just my heart is in two places that night. Totally and understand. So. I, hey, I understand. I'm just saying it's 45 minutes away. It's not costing us anything other than some gas money to get the kids up to mom and dad's. Okay. So. Well, I just want you to know I've already claimed the 25th reunion. I'm going to that one, even if you are on the planning committee for yours. Oh, I doubt we'll have 25th. Okay. No, well, I, I, doubt my, I doubt my class could pull that off every five years. Well, then all you Waterson High School graduates, I will be there in five years. There you go. There you go. Set it here. (laughs) Elisa will be looking beautiful and younger like she does each and every year. Oh. And you know what was fun because you you went through some of our pictures. Okay. That has been fun. It hasn't been all bad and I haven't been a total grump. No. That that has been really fun to to see because I was looking at them. A little bit today with the kids and I was like oh here's our first day and here was what else did you have out there I know we had a picture of us like weeks before Alex was born I was like within a week of him being born yeah there me was, wearing that really really short dress while I was pregnant yeah there was that one and, and there was another one I'm just I'm trying to remember. I, obviously there's the one that we have up on the Facebook fan page which was just taken oh you're okay so you guys were going through all the pictures of us as couples mm-hmm. as a couple over the yeah, years yeah, yeah. As a couple Oh, that was fun to watch. And, and it has been because... It, I, I just look better. I, I, I don't think I've changed. <laughs> I ask our kids. Your hair has changed. Mm-hmm. They they think it's funny that you, your hair used to be a little bit longer and because you've got the natural wave. Like, something's weird. And <laughs> you had bigger sideburns there. And I don't know that the kids ever remember you having bigger sideburns. Mm. And so one of them looked at the sideburns and said, what's, what's on daddy's face? What is that? Um, nice. But no, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it has been fun to think back. And look at, look over the years. You know, and, and that's something that we talked about in one of the early podcasts is taking those trips down memory lane. And sometimes, you know, you need to pull out those pictures. I mean, mm-hmm. Tony and I met the summer before our senior year in college. Um, and so we've changed, you know, physically not so much, but we've ch- gone through and changed a lot over the last 15, is it 15 years now? We'll be married 15. So 17 years that we've been together. Um, And so, you know, and I've challenged couples to do this in the past too, is is to pull out some of those old pictures because you start reliving those moments and reliving the emotions attached to those moments. So whether it was, you know, like Tony said, that picture that we have, it was a, a work Christmas party a couple weeks before Alex was born and um or before he was due and you know i crack up because i'm wearing a maternity dress but it's a very very short maternity dress and i don't think i realized how short it was i don't think you did either 
I wouldn't have worn it had I known yeah. what I saw in that. Pair. I mean, it wasn't like I was hanging out, but it was short. It was short. But we had such a good time that night, and it was like our last, you know, formal thing before Alex was born. And then, yeah, you know, looking at those pictures, I saw a picture, um, New Year's of two thousand. You know, it's big. Oh, you know, two thousand, yeah, and we're with right. friends, and and you know, just thinking back. Okay, you know what? We had no idea. You know, I mean, there was all this. Although there's that picture of us at Hun- on Huntington Beach Pier on uh, the uh-huh. day after Christmas in '99. Yeah, there was that one, and and you know, it made me realize as I was going through those pictures because I'm not one to have a lot of pictures out around the house. But having seen the kids' reaction to them, I'm like, I need to get some of these pictures up because it's fun to, for them to look at and see. Oh, you know, look at mom and dad when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we've changed. And how we've changed or not changed. And I used to have super, super short hair. Yeah. And the kids don't remember me. I don't. Alex would have seen me with really short hair. Yeah, but they were young. But they were then. young. And so, you know, Abby even looks at me today and she's like, Mom, I think I like you better with the longer hair. <laughs> at least she's honest. Yeah. Well, she's brutally honest. Yeah. Let's face it, it's Abby. But, you know, it was the timing of having to pull out those pictures with kind of the little funk that we were in this week was really kind of a God thing that, you know, the high school class committee said, Hey, we need these pictures. And so I'm like, Oh, I need to go find some pictures of, you know, us over the last 15 years, 20 years. And, um, so looking at that and sharing the stories with the kids and, you know, I took the kids to the park on Friday and we're on the swings and I had never told the kids how you proposed to me. Oh, wow. Like we've just never, it, that story's never come up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm talking to the kids and I'm telling them how it was, you know, my first Thanksgiving in California. Thanksgiving day. Thanksgiving day. So it makes it easy to remember what day we got engaged. I don't have to remember. Wi- Wildwood Park. Wildwood Park in Beaumont. No, in Wildwood. It's actually in Wildwood? Yeah. Did we drive through Beaumont? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't have a sense of where Wildwood is. Out yeah. There. Like I think of being in Beaumont. No, it's not in Beaumont. Okay. So Wildwood Park. It was the most important thing to me was that he actually proposed, not the physical. You're on a swing. I was on a well. That's what I was sharing with the kids. Yeah. That I was on a swing. You stood up there in front of me. It's nighttime. Um, I'd been in a funk because it was my first Thanksgiving without my family, and he was like, "Oh, let's go for a drive." So we're out driving. I'm like, "This is really lifting my mood. Fantastic." He's like, "Let's go swing on the swings." I'm like, "All right, I got nothing better to do on Thanksgiving night. Let's go swing on some swings." And so we're swinging and then he hops off the swing and he gets in front of me and, you know, he's like, I've got something to ask you. And so, you know, oh, oh, I think, yeah, I'm in, I'm like, ah, my heart starts racing. I'm like, what could he possibly be asking me but the question? And, um, and he did. And so my kids are so cute. They're like, well, what did you say? (laughs) Um, (laughs) well, I did say yes. That's why you guys are here now. Yes, if I had said no, you would, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. Um, and so, you know, again, trips down memory lane. Right. You're sharing that with, and now Abby thinks it's even, I mean, Abby's loved the swings in the past, but now it's even cooler. Yeah. Because we shared that memory with her. And, and you need to share those memories, not only with your kids or friends, but relive them with each other. Yeah, and and the big reason why we're saying relive them with each other is that many of us men, when we are courting our wives or hopeful wives, that we are really whining and dining them. 
Now, it may be in different ways. Some of us may take them to dinner and movies. Others may do picnics. Others may do long walks. Others may do boat rides, kayaks. What There's a number of different ways that The us, long conversations. The, the long, yeah. Opening the car door. The, the buying cards. Whatever it might be. There is something that we do to court our future spouse. And I did that with Elisa, as well as many of you, I hope. And what are you going to say there? No, I'm just thinking, I still have I still have all the cards. Wow. Do you really? I do. Wow. We should, should go through those. We go. Tony, and I, to Tony and I were long distance for the first year of our relationship. Yeah. And... Um, we have dated ourselves on the show many times. This was pre-internet, pre-cell phone. No, it wasn't pre-internet. It wasn't pre-internet, but it wasn't internet like it is now with email yes. and chat. As, and all as that we kind learned of stuff. today, in 1991, the first web page came onto the internet. Okay, we went to college in the fall of 91, so the internet was nowhere near. That was August. Like that was August of 1991. Okay, well, we started college in August, August of 1991. So, okay, so anyways, the, the the whole point is that. As guys, we're doing that. And then we get married. And there is this honeymoon period, this phase where it's all love and dovey and we're just digging everything that goes on. And I'm just hearing it more and more as men get married or their their marriage goes on. There's this interesting thing that's happening with you guys. You guys aren't doing that anymore. You're you're past this stage of wanting to do anything. You don't want to take the lead in a date night. You don't want to take the lead in the house and you're just dumping everything onto your spouse, which isn't cool. And I'm going to say that right up. It isn't cool. And if you're one of these guys that's doing this, you need to keep listening and you need to really take a hard fought look at yourself and wonder who in the heck are you married to? Are you married to your mom or are you married to your spouse? Because it's something I had to start realizing in my life and in my marriage with Elisa. Because it started getting to the point, and Elisa will tell you this, that basically she was my mom. I didn't do squat. I didn't take the lead on date nights. I didn't do stuff around the house, be it the dishes, dinner. I, I couldn't even go out and buy my own clothes. And you know what? It started. I started to look at myself and, and wondering, what is going on here? Why is she agitated with me? Why isn't she more affectionate with me? And I think, and, sh- and you can agree or disagree, with, I think one of the main things is that I was treating Elisa like she was my mom. Like she had to pick up after me. That she had to do all this work. That I was some sort of privileged person in this household and she was supposed to walk behind me and take care of me. And that's not to say that, you know, there isn't a time and a place for that. I mean, we are married and, and, you know, serving you is, is part of that. And I don't mean, you know, catering to your every need, but doing things for you, you know, is, is part of being married to someone, but it's true. I mean, when you, when you weren't doing anything, then it was like, oh. okay, here, you know, I mean, here's my job. Here's what I do. And, and it really was you know, it started to work itself into my head as being a job, not a choice, Mm -hmm. 
but a job. I have to take care of you. I have to do this. I have to do that. Because if I don't, you weren't going to do it at that point in time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the way that that rolls into the bedroom is that, you know what, if I'm taking care of you all day, like one of the kids, it's really not high on my list to then switch gears and respect you enough to want to make love to you. Right. You you can't really have it both ways. You're right. And we got to that point. And I got to that point. And I had to look at myself and realize that I wasn't holding my end of the bargain in this marriage anymore. Really? I was letting Elisa do everything. I mean, it, it was to the point where, you know, especially when Alex was first born and I had no clue. I, I was pulling this. You know, I don't know what to do with him. You take care of him. Oh. You, you know what I mean? I would, I would walk away and just go. No, this isn't. This isn't my duty. This is yours. And I remember a number of times where Elisa would go. I, I just need to get out of here. I, I need to take a break. And and I would go. Okay, you know, go do it. Well, Alex would then wake up. Maybe if he was napping, or maybe he wasn't napping. But he and I, I mean, it was just so much, there was so much tension. He would cry and I would just be like sweating bullets. I would call Lisa and be like, come home. I, I can't do this. This isn't This isn't what I'm supposed to do. You come home and you take care of this. And each time I was doing that, I was stepping away from my, from my position as a husband and laying everything upon Elisa, and she was basically just caring for me like she was having to care for Alex. You know, she would have to come come home and not only take care of Alex, but then she would have to sort of console me because I was all stressed out. Mm-hmm. You know, and not to say that the reaction I was having wasn't called for at times, but I wasn't reacting properly at all. And it really basically started to come to the point where it was like, well, I don't like doing this and I don't like doing that and I don't want to do that. And so little by little, I was just stepping away from every type of duty in the house. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Elisa's picking up more and more and having a grudge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I and it's... Uh, when you're the one doing it all and and I put that in quotes because you know I wasn't doing everything and you know Tony was the provider and I had willingly chosen to stay home with our children and that was a choice that we made um, when we found out we were pregnant that I was going to stay home with Alex and so I, I was thrilled to have that opportunity but at the same time we had lived the first six years of our marriage as partners mm-hmm. you know we would talk about things we would you know if if we needed clothes well if tony needed clothes we'd go out together you know and you know i mean you guys have heard he didn't change his wardrobe all that much in the first 10 years so it's not like he went shopping a lot but it, we would do that kind of stuff together and then all of a sudden you know we had this shift and I was just expected to do everything because well, I was home now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you're home. Can't you? Can't you do this? Well, even for you moms who are working, 
you know this might be happening to you just because you're not home doesn't mean this doesn't happen right this well, is just what, our scenario yeah well, what i'm saying though is guys you got to start manning up a little mm-hmm. bit you know there comes a point where you know what you're a part of this bond the two become one you come together in this marriage and yes that you are going to have times when you are doing your thing but as a couple you guys got to work together through some stuff and one of the things i think a lot of you guys need to do is get this one word or a couple of words out of your mouth out of your vocabulary i don't like i don't care if you don't like i don't like to do the dishes but you know what i do them almost every day yeah i do them almost every day because i've realized that is something that I have to do and stand up in my marriage so that Elisa gets one thing off of her plate. It's one less thing she has to think about. Do I always do it with love and a smile on my face? No. I mean, if I was perfect, probably. No. There are times when I'm looking at the, the sink and it's stacked high and the counter has junk all over it. And, and I'm thinking to myself like, wow. Could we not have made dinner with all of this? I mean, because I can usually make a quesadilla with like a pan and you know a couple of dishes. Okay, I, I understand where you, I understand what you're going, but this is what I'm saying that goes through my head. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, no, 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 don't sweat. I, I'm just saying that's what's going through my head. D- do I spout out and go, "My goodness, Elisa, could you have made this?" wonderful meal with less pots and pans and plates and dishes and bowls no i just i just clean it up same thing with dates i'm hearing it more and more that a lot of you wives who are taking care of your kids all day long and even if you're working you're still taking care of the kids you're sick and tired of having to figure out date night Having to figure out where the kids are going to go. Having to figure out what you got to wear. Wh- how, where you're going to go for dinner. What are you going to do afterwards? Hey, guys. Man up. You know? Get the babysitter. Pick out where you're going to go. Maybe make her a picnic. Go do something. You know? Romancer. Remember doing that? Do you remember doing that? Because if you do, then you need to get yourself back there. And give her a break. Well, and the thing with that, and I shared this with our small group this past week, and, and it's part of the reason why we've adopted an alternating schedule for our date nights. Yes. Is that both husbands and wives, through technology, through jobs, through life right now, are required to make hundreds of decisions all day long whether it's what you have to do for your work or you're dealing with your kids or you're dealing with the neighbors, you are making decisions from the moment your feet hit the ground in the morning until you finally tuck yourself into bed at night. And so if one of you takes the lead for date night and says, okay, you know what? Um, Sitter's going to be here at six and you know what? Jeans and a sweater good for tonight. Um, but you might want to bring a jacket because it's going to be cold and you've got where you're going to dinner planned and you've got after dinner planned or you know whatever you're doing, you've got it planned. That is one 
let's say three hour chunk of time that you allow your spouse to just be in the moment with you. Mm -hmm. And we alternate that because for us, we believe that that's a shared responsibility. Hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Do I love to be wooed by my husband and have absolutely. But you know what? The flip side is, is that he likes it too. He likes being able to have me say, you know what? I got it all planned. I mean, we were talking and I know we've shared with you guys in the past how we really, we found out kind of by accident that we both like going to plays so and musicals. And so what do I do? I go find it. I take, you know, I take the lead and I say, okay, you know what? If we do dinner at such and such at this point in time, we have enough time to make it down to the show and pick up the kids in time for, you know, the allotted amount of time, which we've also budgeted for. And so it just helps when you can take the burden of making decisions for a three hour period of time or four hours or however long your dates are, you take that off your spouse. Not only have you given your spouse the gift of the date, but you've given them the gift of being able to just be in the moment and not have to think through, okay, what are we going to do? Okay. And guys, Ask your wives for the phone number for the babysitter. If you don't have it, that simple act of just saying, hey, honey, I need you know the phone numbers for the babysitter. Right. She's going to jump over backwards because you are taking the lead on lighting up the babysitter. Yeah. It's a little thing, but it goes really far. Right. And this isn't just about date nights, guys. It, it just isn't. Um, it, it goes so much deeper than that. I mean, it's doing little things around the house. I mean, it's, it's taking the kids off her hands, you know, maybe she wants to go grocery shopping and, and she doesn't want the kids, you know, hang out with the kids or maybe, you know what? You go grocery shopping with the kids and let her stay at home. You know, one of the things I do for Elisa, washing the dishes, I make sure we, we partner up on the laundry Mm-hmm. You know, it's not every weekend that I do. It's not every weekend that Elisa does it. Well, we're here as a team and we help each other out. But I'm noticing more and more it's you guys are expecting your wives to be your mom and waiting over you hand and foot. And guess what? She's not. Well, and there are two other areas that I want to bring up that we've been getting a lot of feedback on where we're hearing that the men have given up their leadership. I'm going to use the word leadership because it's not power. You know, we're in a marriage here. This is a partnership. But in the areas of finances and in the areas of, in the area of spiritual leadership. Yeah, I was going to say spiritual as well. And the family. So, you know, specifically in terms of finances, a lot of you have said, you know what? My wife just, you know, she handles the finances. She, you know, takes care of the budget. And, you know, maybe I don't know where things stand. And I'm okay with that. Well, I've got a news flash for you. Life will happen to you at some point in time. And if you don't partner with your wife on your finances, you're going to be in a world of hurt if she gets sick and can't pay your bills. And this goes both ways because as many of you have listened to Dave Ramsey before, there's the nerd and the free spender. And the nerd's crunching the numbers and the free spender's just like, la, 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 going to do whatever they feel like doing whatever it is when it comes to the finances 
You both got to know what's going on. You you do. You you got to know what's happening. It's it's happening more and more in our lives that we have seen spouses pass and they have no idea what the heck is going on. And so what we talked about last week about leaving a legacy, you know, you need to know what's going on. You need to know where the file is if something does happen. And, and uh, you know, and I'm not, you know, with this particularly on finances, I'm not saying that you have to sit down and number crunch every month together. I mean, we sit down and discuss our budget mm-hmm. you know, every month. I mean, you guys knew what, know what happened at the beginning of January where things were way out of control. And, and if you don't go back to January and listen. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, but, you know, you have the conversations. I mean, Tony knows where the accounts are. You know, I'm the one that does the day to day on you know paying the bills and things like that but tony knows how to access those accounts he can go in and look at any time and see where money is being spent whether or not he chooses to that's fine and i'm not saying he has to but it's important to me to know that if i got sick and couldn't take care of paying our bills he'd be able to do it mm-hmm. i wouldn't have to worry about suddenly you know three months later he's getting calls from the collectors going um why haven't you paid our bills Right. And then when it comes to the point of a spiritual leader in your household, it's going out. Maybe it is picking up the couple's devotional Bible. Maybe it's picking up another devotional. Maybe it's taking the lead when it comes to praying with your spouse. These things all can happen to increase your spiritual intimacy. And again, It allows your wife to let go a little bit and for you to take the stand in the marriage. And I'm not saying that, as Lisa said, it's not a power thing, but it's just saying, honey, this is what I want to do with you. And she doesn't have to think about it or go through it or figure it out. You are already there doing that for her and for your marriage. It's. We've seen the pain that happens in marriages when it's not a partnership, when one spouse is carrying the burden for everything. And I'm not talking about those circumstances where maybe you've got a, a spouse who is sick and you do have to pick up the extra. I'm talking about day to day, everybody's healthy one person has just given up, relinquished their share for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. And it puts such an undue amount of stress on the one that has to pick up the slack that it's a real intimacy killer. Because when somebody's under that much stress for everything from you know, the Christmas shopping list to got to get the groceries to got to pay the bills to got to figure out where the kids have to be, you know, on every single school day to, to this, to that, to this, to that. There's not a whole lot of energy left over for you as the other spouse. Mm-hmm. A- and yet you're like, you know, in a lot of instances going, well, where's mine? Why aren't you, you know, I'm here. What about me? Well, I'm telling you, if you pick up some of the slack, if you 
come back into the partnership, you're going to see that, guess what? Your spouse has a little more to give because you've picked up some of those things that, you know, and, and I am using the wife here as the one picking up more just because that's what we've been hearing lately. Mm-hmm. In your marriage, it might be... Well, well the title... I know, but I'm, I am, I know, but I'm just saying there could be those couples out there listening that are going, yeah, role role reversal. Right. We've been hearing mostly from women lately. When a wife is completely stressed, I would say 99.9% of the time, sex is going to be the, one of the first things that falls off the radar screen off the to-do list because it just doesn't make the cut. It's mm-hmm. not a survival necessity for a woman to do that. She's got too many other things on her plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, if you desire greater intimacy with your wife, help lighten her load. Yeah. Start stepping up, guys. I mean, really. I mean, we got we got a whole life to live and there's so much wonderful stuff you can do and if you just relinquish some of this stuff for your wife, you'd be surprised at how much you get to be the man you're meant to be. You know, God put you on this earth to be her husband, a man, you know. And if we go back into some of the Old Testament stuff, I mean, you watch what some of these guys did, you know, it's, or read what they did. I mean, it's pretty amazing, you know how they watched after their wives, how they took care of them. Yeah. So it's just something that's really just been irking at me lately. And I know I fall short many times. I, I do too. And so like I say many of the times is what we're talking about here is it's, it's a little shot for me. It makes me realize that, hey, there's always improvement for me. And one of my vices, I would say, because much of where I'm moving in my life and where I want to be moving in my life in the next couple of years is away from the dent dude and more onto what we've been doing online with the ministry, with fit marriage, with team fit marriage now, you know, it takes me to that computer and I get sort of holed up in my garage while things are happening around and I'm just sitting there and Elisa might be, you know, running in and out and I'm just so zoned out that I'm not realizing that she needs help. She's looking for me to stand up, take the lead, be it you know something around the house that needs to be done, take the lead for a date night that needs to be that needs to be scheduled, you know, for me to just get up and not even ask her what needs to be done, but just to do it. And I, I was funny as you were going through your list. That was the thing that came to mind. We women know that men are not mind readers. And if you don't know that, it's a newsflash for you. Men cannot read your minds. But sometimes I just want you to just look around and notice that something needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I don't want, we women don't want to be seen as nagging. And so sometimes it feels like, okay, can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? It's like, okay. I mean, in our case, we've been married almost 15 years. Some of these things just, you know, they happen either daily or weekly. And I don't want to have to say, hey, Tom, can you, can you do this? And so that, that goes a long way when something just happens. 
because you've decided to do it because you know it has to be done in our lives, that is a burden lifter mm-hmm. right there. Because, you know, guys, if you've been married for more than probably two weeks, you know that there are certain things that just happen and need to be done in your house. You know, if not, ask your wife, what are some of the big things that, you know, if you are completely oblivious, maybe you work a lot and you don't realize all that happens in the 60 hours a week that you're at work or whatever it is, ask her, what can I do to help? And ladies, if he asks you, don't tell him not to worry about it. If your husband is trying to step up, if he's trying to partner with you, don't take it away from him. Mm. Don't tell him not to worry about it. Don't tell him you've got it. Don't tell him any of those types of things. Because on one level, you're telling him, I reject your offer. It's rejection with a capital R. If your husband's trying to man up, don't shoot him down. Give him the opportunity. And, you know, this is going back to like those fundamental, you know, parenting books where they say, you know what, mothers, your husband is not going to parent your child in exactly the same way. And yes, I'm using my, you know, what to expect when you're expecting voice. Keep in mind that your child will survive and needs to be parented differently. The same thing happens in your marriage. Your husband may not wash the dishes in the exact same way, or he may not fold the clothes the exact same way. But if he's doing it, it's one less thing you have to do. Just put the clothes away. The next time you wash them, you fold them. It'll be back the way you like it. Hmm. But it's done. He eased your burden. Look at that instead of the fact that it's not done the way you'd like it. Stop rejecting what he is doing for you because that's the thing that gets under my skin is when I hear men have tried to step up and their wives don't like the way they've done it. It's not to their standards. It's not exactly the way they would have done it. And they let him know that it's not perfect or, you know, to their standards. And then he has absolutely zero desire to ever try and do that again. Yeah. And so to say, you know, honey, I so appreciate you folding the laundry. Thank you. Put it away. Put on your happy face because guess what? It's folded. Yeah. Not sitting in the basket for a week. Folded. Accept the gifts that you are given. Yeah, I agree. I I wholeheartedly agree. That's one that just irks you. It does. Because I think a lot of men, uh, you know, are trying. But because we women, and I will include myself in this, we women sometimes are super hard on you guys. You stop trying. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. And so, you know, I and I I catch myself doing it. I mean, there are times that I'm like, oh, okay, that's not what I would have done. But you know what? He did it. You know, he doesn't fold the clothes exactly the way I fold the clothes. Neither does my five-year-old. Are the clothes still folded? Yes. Is dinner made? Yes. Okay, maybe it was, like he said, a quesadilla, and I would have made, you know, a bigger dinner, but everybody's fed. Mm -hmm. It's okay for it to be different as long as it gets done. Yeah. 
All right, you guys. So you got what we're saying this week. And if you don't got it, email us. Ask Tony at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Or ask Elisa at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Or you can call us 858-876-5663. And before we close out tonight, we, we're going we're gonna to end this on a good note. Because each week we come here to give you guys a little bit of where Elisa and I are at and what we're hearing and how we deal with it. And one of the cool things that we love hearing from you guys is we did it because we believe those seven days that you spend together are not all about sex. It's much more than just sex. And those of you who've done it know it's much more than sex because we wouldn't get through it if it was just sex. So we got a great one from Tucker and Catherine and it says, we didn't set out to do it and didn't realize we were on our way until day six. I'm not sure what happened last week, but it was great. I think it may be linked to our goal this summer to work out together. And then she goes on for three awesome paragraphs telling us this whole awesome story of where they've been and how they've tried this before and how it didn't work, but how it did work in their marriage and how when they really weren't thinking about it, how it just came together. And how awesome is that? How awesome is it for a couple to just let everything go away? Mm-hmm. Just everything just fall by the wayside, spend time together, being sexually intimate with each other, but through the recreational intimacy and the emotional intimacy that was was um, enhanced during that time, how they grew closer together. So think about that this week. Think about where you are, where you want to be. Does a seven days of sex challenge scare you? Is it something that you want to try? And if so, it's time to start speaking up to your spouse. And what can you do? Can you start working through some of these things so you can get there? Definitely. Because we know it from our past and from those that have done the seven days of sex challenge. It will transform what happens. So have your guys a fantastic week. We love you, and we'll check with you next week. Thanks for listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and give us a call at area code 858-876-5663 or send us an email to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. The website is oneextraordinarymarriage.com, and while you're there, You can sign up for our Marriage Minute Monday newsletter and you can also purchase Tony and Elisa's new book, Stripped Down. It's available now in print, audio, and ebook formats. Also, the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast has sponsorship opportunities available now. If your business is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact us at oneextraordinarymarriage.com.